Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I Skype with actress and model Shelly Hennig. This was actually one of the first episodes that I recorded um, back in April of this year. So we have a few audio technical issues, but it works itself out, so worry not. Shelly and I talk about all sorts of things from being present to realizing that a lot of the time things have nothing to do with you and remembering to always be your authentic self. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Shelly Hennig. Hey, Shelly. Hey, Rebecca. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Trying to stay uh, busy during this quarantine season. I'm surprisingly staying busy. Yeah? What are you doing? Well, I make three meals at home a day now. Yeah. I require Googling on how to make them. Yeah. Did you cook before this or is this a new skill set for you? I cooked a couple things. What'd you cook? Scrambled eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey sandwich. Yeah. That's cooking. And like, just like any, bake any kind of like a chicken or fit or you know just yeah fucking bacon, just I definitely like prefer baking to cooking I'll be yeah. real um yeah but I have but, and, but then you gotta clean up and and I find that that takes a lot of my day yeah. what about you what have you been busy or I mean no uh busy <laughs> <laughs> busy trying to keep from having panic attacks if that counts as being busy Oh man. Wait, are you doing therapy more now? I'm I'm not I'm still doing once a week. I've always done once okay. a week. Um okay. and I do it online now. I video chat with my therapist. Um but I think I hit my like 5 or 6 year therapy every week anniversary recently. Stop. Which is like Can a, we celebrate? Like that's a long time, no? That is a long time. Can we celebrate? Yeah, what how should we celebrate? Well, I can chug this kombucha that I have in front of me, or I can pour some out. Oh, pour like some out. Yeah, pour some, yeah. Mm-hmm. pour some for me. All right. Listen, I didn't make a noise, but I did pour some out for I you. believe you. I saw it. Uh, what flavor is that? Ginger lemon, because mm. I think ginger helps keep the corona away. I think that's true. I think I did hear that. Uh, a a teaspoon of ginger keeps the corona away. Yeah, I definitely heard that. I or maybe you posted it and I reposted it. I did. I did. And then now I'm remembering I actually made that up. Right. So Okay, cool. Well, at least it tastes good, so <laughs> yeah. it's fine. That one's a good one, though. Hey, how long have so you've been in therapy five? Like five, five, six years. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, six years. Now, we have, yeah. Hmm. How, how Have you been going for a long time or is this a fresh new thing for you? Two years. So when you asked me to do this podcast with you, I was relieved that I was asked now and maybe not two years ago mm. prior to being in there. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I have a better grip on even what confidence means. Yeah. It's a, it's a beast, that confidence. Okay, yes. So I've been going to therapy for five years, and you've been going for two years. Yes. Okay. Two solid years. Like a weekly thing? A weekly thing. And do you like it? It has definitely changed my life. Right? 
Wait, where are you from again? I was, so I'm from Florida. I was born in Miami, Florida. Um, is it like in that culture there, is it looked down upon to be in therapy? I would say, uh, so I was born in Miami. I spent most of my life in Jacksonville, Florida, which is like uh, the South. Yes, that's right. You know, and yeah. so I would say it, I would say, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. even now during quarantine, I still see people going out in Florida, like with friends, like, you know, yeah. it's that type of, yeah. yeah. and I'm just like, what the, f like, I have unfollowed so many people and it's not like they'll ever know that I unfollowed them. It's just for me being like a big fuck you. Of course we get a lot of satisfaction in that. Yeah. I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I feel like I have a bigger voice there because it's directly connected to everyone I know in Louisiana where I'm from. Okay. Where also therapy is like looked down upon. Right. Um, and like offensive to your parents. Yes. Which, is, which always makes me laugh. I know. Um, but yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to convince people, um, you know, in the South, that, especially like New Orleans, that's where I'm from. And right. we're such a, we celebrate everything. Everything is like together in groups, so it has been really hard for that city. But I, I do think people get it now. Yeah. But um, yeah. But therapy is not popular there. So the last two years, I've been heavily in it, and it's been amazing. But like, I'm still at that point where I'm just like, oh, my therapist says, or like, mm -hmm. oh, do you, like I talk about therapy all the freaking time, and like, I'm waiting for that next part in therapy where I stop talking about therapy. I mean. I still do that. So okay, I damn. Can't, and it's I, been five years. So <laughs> So I I don't want to give you any false hope over here, but uh it might be you might never come to that that point where you stop I'm just yes, like she's amazing. I love her. Mm-hmm. Like coming that like cliche of like you want to be friends with your therapist or whatever. I know. I get really awkward. I know, and I even like, like, so I, was like to know that. I was like I was like should I invite my therapist to my wedding? And I'm like, yeah. oh my no, God. obviously no, Rebecca, we can't invite. I talk to myself oh my and I say we. Um, we yeah. can't invite our therapist to the wedding. But I, it, the thought crossed my mind. But did you tell your therapist that you had that thought? No. Okay. And this is why I'm in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it comes full circle. I'm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I say too much. Yeah. I say too much. It's just, I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. That's great, but, though. Uh, I yeah, almost, like, want to, I, like, want to go back to my two-year therapy. And, like, because I think I was talking more then. And now that it's been a while, we're doing more, like, experimental. I don't want to say experimental, but it kind of is. Like, we're doing authentic movement stuff where I just, like, lay on the floor and move for, like, 45 minutes in any way that feels good to my body. Yeah. So it's like, I've talked out so many things that now I'm like into, now into movement. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I mean, what's next? I know. I don't know. We'll see. What would, what would be next? <sighs> Just like sitting there in silence. Possibly. <laughs> Telepathically communicating. But you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I bet sitting in silence will bring up a ton of shit. Of course. I mean, this quarantine has been the most confronting thing ever I don't know about how yes. you feel but it's definitely brought up issues for me um because there's nothing else to do but think right you don't have any distractions no well that's why I got into therapy two years ago yeah <laughs> I mean multiple things but 
I had booked a pilot and they held us till the end of the year. So, so I wasn't really allowed to, to work. I was obviously very grateful, but mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to do anything. And I, I had never been in a position in my entire life where someone wasn't telling me where to be and what to do and where to go and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. So I learned it, it took away all of my confidence. Wow. I, I struggled aggressively. Like, other people, they were probably just excited to, you know, be a part of something that may or may not happen and you get to chill, you don't have to audition as much. But I was really struggling with the stillness and I was forced to sit with myself, which I know is happening for everybody with the quarantine. Mm -hmm. And I feel kind of like an asshole because I feel like this happened to me in a very different way. It's obviously not as dramatic as what actually is going on right right now. Let's be clear about that. But for me, it was it was the beginning of me, I think, for the first time, actually feeling like, first of all, I didn't have any identity. Like, I realized my identity was so attached to work. And so once that was kind of gone for that year or on hold, I lost all confidence. Mm -hmm. And it was, and my, like, you know, this last pilot season, I was, talking to my therapist like gearing up for it and yada yada and a lot of the conversation was I would say I just want my confidence back and my therapist was able to word it in a way for me personally you know it's different for everybody but she was like what if you were just present what if you were just sitting in your unconfident self you're an actor your job is to be vulnerable. And what if that's how you walked into the room? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, you are the best fucking acting coach I've ever <laughs> had in my life. And so we talk a lot about actually not focusing on confidence for now, maybe. And to just because it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to, totally. to say, I wish I was more confident right now. But the minute you start just accepting, at least in my experience recently, yeah. before, uh, accepting that, like, it's it's not there right now, and that's okay. So just accepting where you are. Yes. Yes. Instead of focusing on, on or pressuring yourself with confidence, if that word feels like pressure to you, right. it doesn't for everybody, um, then to say, just be present. I mean, it, it is helpful that, you know, we're actors, so mm-hmm. you need to be able to access all of those feelings. Obviously, I'm not going to walk in a room and be like, hi, what's up? Right, and, right, right. You know, have like a downer attitude, but um, I also don't have to walk in the room and be like, hi, how's it going? What, what, what are you doing? How's your day? And like this overly fake confidence when you're just trying to make up for something that you don't feel like is there. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's been very helpful to yeah. just kind of confidence on hold um and then it winds up getting there when you're able to sit with yourself and be present in my experience I'm no longer anxious and I'm not questioning what I just said because I was real Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to be one way or the other so it's almost also like not trying to be what you think these people, at least in the audition, in the audition scenario, not trying to be what you think these people want you to be, but instead 
just coming in with what you have to offer on that day. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, it's it was very, very helpful. I started to do that thing where you just, and you've seen it in movies or maybe you've done it yourself, like people who get nervous and they just, they just keep talking and they don't stop. I started doing that in auditioning rooms. And that's when I started to panic. because I was like, this is not me. This is not what I do. What is this thing? Um, and it was because I was trying to chase something that wasn't there for me at the time. And so the minute I chilled the fuck out. <laughs> is this, it, and this was like last pilot season? You know what's funny? It was actually this current one. Okay, in the this beginning. season. So this year. In the beginning. And to yeah. me, it's so interesting because you, so we met at UCB through you, you did um, a show that I was also in and you from seem, TV, yeah. yeah, from your TV to UCB and you seem like such a confident, and this was, pro, I guess this was during pilot season. This was before I booked uh, yes, yes, a yes. pilot. And it was in the midst of my ramblings. I did it with Casey yeah. backstage. I was just ramble, 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 ramble. I like, didn't I, notice I, that I, at all. Oh, I did. I, that's what people always say. Yeah. Like I, I even told a couple friends the other night that the last two years have been difficult for me for the first time, like in a weird way. And like, as in like nothing was happening. There was no deaths. There was no you know, outside, it was just within me, I was struggling. And my, a couple of friends were like, really? Like, we don't, we didn't really see that. Mm -hmm. So I also have a really, also when I get drunk, people don't necessarily know that I'm drunk. So mm -hmm. I think I, you got a poker I, face. I cover a lot. Wait, yeah, I just started going all over the place. But we were talking about, yes, we met yes. in the middle of pilot season. But so like, yeah, I was struggling then. But like, it did not appear that way to me, especially coming into what could be an intimidating situation. Um, if you have, you know, if you haven't done a lot of live shows, especially live shows at that theater at to a sold out audience, With like professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's an intimidating scenario, but you came in and fucking crushed. That's kind. Casey is very easy to work with. He, uh, yes, I mean, that's true. you know, yeah. I mean, he's so unbelievably funny, but yeah, it was in the midst of my panics, but you know, I was continuing with the therapy and we kept talking it out. And I and the reason I agreed to do this live show, and I say agree because it is intimidating. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I was so like beside myself when Casey asked if I would do it, but I was just like, I had nothing left to lose. I had just been in like three audition rooms that week where it was so painful. Why? And this has never happened to me in my life. And it was painful because I just, well, that year of not working, being on hold, it, it I don't know, I just felt like it. I got stale. Like, mm -hmm. I just felt like my identity was taken from me. I hadn't been on a set. Like, I was on a set for four years straight mm -hmm. prior to that. And so there was just a lot of changes. Uh, and so I was working on detaching my identity from success. And so in the midst of that, there's some pain, there's some growing pains. And, mm -hmm. and I also trusted Casey as a performer. That's what you guys do at UCB. I've taken class there for years. Like it's about trusting, putting trust in the person, you know, you're working with. So I definitely did that, um, which made it easy. And I, I was just true to me and my, and my responses. I didn't try and do anything crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, it, and, and I don't know if I told you or Casey this yet, 
that's when my pilot season turned around. And I love that. After that show. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, maybe I got some outside confidence boost, which isn't the worst thing in the world, no. but I try not to be attached to that because you don't always get that, especially in our industry. No. Um, but it definitely, I, I think I was just more proud that like, I didn't pass out on stage. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I got through it and it was fun. It was fun again. It wasn't painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. It's so, it's so interesting that you say that. Even like me and I, I'll do before shows, I'll be like, oh, mine's usually like, I don't want to do this because like I'm tired or whatever. Right. It's not usually like a, I mean, sometimes it is. It's sometimes a fear-based thing, but it's usually like, I just want to go to sleep. But once I do the show, I'm just like, I'm so glad I did that. Like I'm all, totally. always, after every single show, even if, and sometimes they're like shit, like they're just garbage shows. It doesn't matter. It's like at the end of it, I'm just like, I'm so glad I did that thing. Totally. And do you find that it's like, you don't have to put all your eggs in that one basket. Like there will be other shows. There will be other auditions. It's hard to remember that. It is so hard to remember that, especially, you know, for, for people like people like me who I don't audition frequently, you know, like I don't have like this huge resume of, I've done tons of live shows, but like, you know, I just don't audition. I think that is so cool. I think that is so cool. (laughs) So like I put a lot of, a a lot of stake in the few auditions that I get. And so, you know, so it's even harder to detach myself from, um, and certain outcome when you're not getting, I'm not going out multiple times a week, you know, if I, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. And you hear that, uh, who are we talking to? No one, no one at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then, and I, are you, would you consider yourself a good auditioner? Cause you went to conservatory school. Is that right? I did. Yeah. I, I, uh, went on your IMDB for the first time. Uh, What did you think? How would you rate me? I didn't know. Well, I didn't know. I just know you from like comedy and UCB and like Casey being like, oh yeah, Shelly, she did, she was on Teen Wolf. And I was like, oh, cool. But like, I never did like, I don't do a deep dive on my friends. Like, so I did to like try to prep myself for this. And I was like, whoa, Shelly was on a, on a daytime television for Four years. A long time. Days of Our yeah. Lives, was it? Yeah. I, like, had no idea. I mean, why would you? But, uh, you know. That's rad as hell. That's, like, the... like the, I think that's such a dream because you have, like, a normal 9 to 5 schedule Monday through Friday. And I did not realize... I know, you know what? I take that back. I did know how lucky I was. But I know even more now mm-hmm. how lucky I was then with that nine to five. You know, sometimes I go in at six a.m. and I'd be done by nine thirty a.m. Like, and I'll have done two episodes. I shit you not. See, so your question was about auditioning. Go ahead. I I I'm jumping everywhere um, because now I'm now like that- on this days of our lives tangent because <laughs> that, <laughs> because that shit is hard because you're moving fast yeah. like for people who don't know anything about 
so yeah, tell break it down for people who don't know how filming goes for for um, Days of Our Lives or anything similar. Well, it's very close to being live theater. Uh, you get one take. You barely get any rehearsal, uh, and it just moves very fast. Yeah, one take. Is that what you're freaking out yeah, about? Yeah, I'm freaking out over one take. So you asked about auditioning. It made me a better... It made me happy with auditioning like I'm not one of those people that's like dreading it as much now I also have phases but as we've now learned uh (laughs) but yeah that background definitely makes you more prepared for like just just do it like don't overthink it you can't yeah do you consider yourself a good auditioner now I I I prefer to go in live as opposed to self-tape. And that might come from the four years on the soap. You only got one shot. So I just have a lot of experience in that. And that's what an audition is. Now, of course, you can get a second chance or they ask you to do a note, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I would say I just prefer it better. I prefer to go in and see what happens. I just don't like to – I don't like to overdo it. I don't know. So, yeah, I like to go on the audition, do it live, and just see what happens. Obviously, I'm prepared, but hopefully. I mean, not always, but you think you are, and then you never know. But, uh, yeah, but you have to be open to, and this is where confidence comes back in. You have to be able to, like, you never know what room you're walking into. Is it warm? Is it cold? Or just forget acting, just meeting new people or whatever, you don't know what you're stepping into. And sometimes, I learned a lot that sometimes it's more about them than it is about you. So if if they have a bad energy or feels bad to me, I don't need to take offense to that because most likely it has nothing to do with me. So that goes into the confidence category, I think. That's been very helpful to not, as sensitive creatures, if you're an artist, you're already sensitive to people's energies, but... I've learned over the years that it, it shouldn't necessarily affect you. You can, you can create your own safe space for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Focus on the job at hand, yeah. That's just, it's just a hard balance for, I mean, I can only speak through my own lens, but like being an empathetic person, being an empath, and also having a, a bubble for yourself that's strong enough to where you can be like, well, this, this has nothing to do with me. This is on that other person. It's just hard to balance those two things. So hard. I, I'm the first person to be like, it must be me. It mu- I must have done something. Like, I, I really do want to take responsibility, but I've learned that um, it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and in most it, cases, it's not at all. Like, it's nothing to do with yeah, you. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like they don't even care if you're there. No. Right. I know, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I and have recently like had like sort of a mantra for myself, which is like that what they think about me is none of my business. It's just none of my business. It's not my responsibility and it's not my business. Yes. 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 Are you precious? They do not define you. <laughs> Are you precious with like lines in terms of um, like, do you memorize verbatim every like if and the a, or are you like flexible with your memorizing for auditions? It really depends for me on the project. Sometimes it's a director that I maybe am familiar with how they work. 
uh, or a ca- even a casting director. There's some that you know want you to improvise and have asked you to do that. Like they say, feel free to take this and at you know the director doesn't care. So, but sometimes you just take a risk. And that has backfired for me. <laughs> like what? But Do you remember how? I think it backfired because I don't think I did it well. Mm. I think if you make a choice and you go for it and you're not wavering in that choice, yeah. then most likely it'll come out nicely. And then maybe they can put aside the fact that you didn't stick to the script. But also like everyone's different. Mm -hmm. So it would be unfair for me to not improvise when I've had people say, no, we want that or, you know, but I've also gotten a note for a callback saying, do not change the script. So then you go back and you don't change the script. But I, I do try and be loose, especially with drama. But when it comes to comedy, like I worked on, uh, the show Dollface on Hulu Mm -hmm. and it's very quick. Like it's, it's like Gilmore girls. It's, they even told me that in the auditioning process, they speak really fast. So I found that to be very a clue into the fact that I should memorize ver- verbatim. Mm-hmm. So for Dollface, I memorized verbatim, and then every now and then we, you know, play around. But it was that one felt really important to just stick to the script. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what about you? What's your goal? Yeah, I was asking you because you were like, I don't love to rehearse. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how memorizing, uh, how that uh, is involved in your rehearsal process. Oh, um, right. I do lazy rehearsal, like just getting the lines out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, used to be a real stickler for dialogue because... I came, I, I studied in New York, theater in New York. So did you. Um, and so, yeah, like. Yeah, yours was probably more, um, did yours have theater? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mine didn't have that. Oh. Yeah. Yours I was all film? It was just film and television. Whoa. Yeah. So I missed stuff. So teach me. Tell me. Tell me about what I didn't learn. <laughs> uh, no, it was just like, uh, the, you know, they were real sticklers for dialogue and being word perfect um don't fuck up the playwright's intentions um and so coming from coming from that I but like it it served me then it doesn't really serve me now um I have yet to enter a a room where they're like they get mad if I if I like change a couple words here and there um but it did I did have to change the way I thought about it because it, I was so like type A about these, these words that like, I was just so precious with them and you don't always have to be that precious with these things. I heard this from a, from a friend recently. She's always fascinated when I tell her how something went and she'll, her, her, her main thing for so long was like, she judged her audition based on whether or not she didn't mess up a lot. And she went to the same, she went to theater school. Mm-hmm. And that's where she learned that about the, you know, and, and I get all that. And you have to be able to do both, but that's amazing. You learned how to be a stickler and then now you've adapted to, I do a lot of comedy. So, I mean, there's, there is a lot of room in that. Mm-hmm. That's just how, how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so interesting depending on where you come from, like what things you're working on um, in, right. in any industry. Um, so I also found out that you were in, 
You did Miss, you were Miss Teen USA? Yes. <gasps> what? I, I read know. that and it's I was so like, funny. what the fuck? Shelly? I know, I know. Wait, why, why, why did you think what the fuck? Why were you surprised? I just, yeah, I just like, I've never I met. I love that. I never met, I've never met anyone who has done a pageant or like, I just, I don't know anything about that world. So I was yeah. just like, Shelly? Rad, like. <laughs> Not that you can't be rad and cool and do a pageant. Obviously, you can. But, like, when I, you know, the stereotypical things yeah. come in my head. But I was like, of course. I was like, how cool. Like, I just don't know anybody that has done that. So I was like, I'm going to ask her about that. Yeah. I think when you're younger, you just, you don't know a lot. So you just, I don't know. I will say, I don't have a dance, like, or sorry, I don't have a stage mom, but I have kind of like a stage mentor. She was my dance teacher and it was her idea for me to do this pageant, which at the time was Teen Louisiana. And then you went on, it goes on to the national USA, but um, we entered me because she helped me. I, didn't, I had never done anything like that before. Um, but I was, I was always on stage for dancing. And so I had like stage presence and all that crap. But the goal with that was to get me out of Louisiana, really. Mm. We, we, I'd gone through a family tragedy. We'd lost somebody and when I was around 14 and, and the pageant was around when I was 16. And I don't know, my dance teacher just saw something in me that she just wa didn't want to see me kind of stay there. Because at the time, there was really nothing going on in Louisiana. And I don't know. So I did it mainly because of her and like thinking sips or whatnot and grab a phone charger um then yeah and I think the reason I won was because I didn't know how to do it like it was Miss Teen Louisiana so all I knew how to do was be a teenager mm -hmm. um and it was very important to me if this comes to the rehearsal thing mm -hmm. like somebody tried to get me to do like a pageant coach session mm -hmm. and I cried my way out of it because it felt so fake to me mm. To like rehearse, it, it was, it felt so wrong. Like, I just want to kind of go out there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I think that's why it came across as the way that it came across. And I was not projected to win. I mean, my dress was $90 from David's Bridal. And uh, that was very unlike the pageant world. But anyway, I lucked out, won the first one, and then I didn't know that it actually went on to Miss Teen USA. I thought it ended there, and I even invited people to come. Like, it was so bizarre, and then next thing I know, I'm preparing to go to Palm Springs for two weeks that next year to compete for Miss Teen USA on, like, a live telecast, and I was a lot smarter and a lot more confident at age 17 than I think I am now when I think about it, because I remember... The only thing that was important to me was to do it my way. To just, like, I wore my hair in a slick back ponytail because I didn't feel pretty with my hair down. I don't know how to do my hair well, and that was part of the gig. So I was kind of a fish out of water, but also I knew where my strengths were, which was being on stage and just being real and honest. Um, but I definitely lost that in the last 10 years. Like, it comes and goes. I mean, it... It's just, it's hard to maintain. I think a lot of it for me, a lot of confidence as a younger kid came through accomplishments. I, I, and so when that's not happening or when things get quiet, it's like, well, then 
that must be wrong. Like something's wrong with me. And so I've really detached from that. And now I hate to say it, but even with the quarantine, it's, it's just an, like, I feel like I've, I kind of feel okay because it's quiet and I can sit quiet for the first time, I think in my life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you attach your, I don't want to say happiness or happiness or self-worth identity. or identity, identity. with worth. Yeah. That's a big one with an accolade or an achievement. It is not a good thing because you won't always have those things. No, you can't depend on that. The only thing you can depend on is yourself. So, uh, you have to be able to live with yourself. And that's something that I've been working on, but I, it was very sad for me to realize that this was something I had to struggle with because I was Miss Teen USA. That is like the epitome of what supposedly a confident young woman, you know, cliche, whatever. But it, and yeah, I probably was at the time. I do recall, like, if I meet people or if I see people at the party, they'll bring up things like, I was kind of a rebel in that world because I only wanted to do it if I could do it my way. It felt so uncomfortable to have to follow maybe what I thought everyone else wanted me to be. And I find that that's the kiss of death. But sadly, I lost that for a minute. Um, but on the flip side, therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I think I'm back to uh, just being chill, just chilling out, not overthinking it. Just live with yourself. But I feel like also that mentality for a 17-year-old is very mature had to be like, I want to do it my way. I don't know where the hell that came from. I don't know if it was stubbornness. It doesn't matter because it, it served me for that time. And I'm so grateful that that was the way that I was thinking then. Uh, because it could have gone very badly, like to have that kind of exposure to the world at that age and traveling and being alone and things could have gone really badly, but I don't know. I, I, yeah. So I, I look back on that time and I'm like, I'm nostalgic, not about necessarily that experience, but about that person who was able to say, this is how I'm going to do this within reason. Um, and I find that that's our best performers, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you have to bend and adapt to the director, whatever your castmates, but um, yeah, it's something that I always strive to, to maintain. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely working on finding the balance between staying true to myself and doing it the way I want to do it and still being able to be directable. Um, exactly. And that's a, that's a balance because for me, it was like a, it's almost like a pendulum because before I was much more, you know, when I was younger, I was much more like, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do it that way. I won't have an opinion. I will do it. And we will yes. do that thing. That's a woman thing, I think. I think it is too. Because the more I do these interviews, the women that I'm talking to have the same opinion versus the men they don't. And I don't want to gender it because, you know, men have their own yeah, yeah. different issues. But I, I do kind of see that. Or women in the South. Um, mm-hmm. I think it might also be a geographical thing. I agree with that for um, sure. 
but and then and then as I got a little bit older, I did the exact opposite, and I was like, "Fuck you! I don't want to <laughs> do whatever you're saying is stupid and dumb, and I'm gonna do it my way." And you um, got a forehead tattoo. Yeah, Thank God, you removed it. I yeah, I truly uh, was gonna get heathen tattooed on the inside of my fucking mouth, like a. No, you did. I, yeah, I wish I did. I didn't. Do they wear it. away. Uh, yeah, I wore off. No, that's um, hard. It's a pendulum. Like it's you're. That's exactly the struggle. Balance. Like you can't be like this is my way. I'm only gonna do it like this. You, you know, you want to be inspired by something and go in with an idea, but you you're right. You have to be able to adapt. Yeah, and I definitely. Yeah, that happened to me once. For uh, I had an instance where I got so I'm gonna do it my way and. Uh, because that's that's what I'm inspired by. And I went in and, like, I got rewarded. The casting director was like, I need you to come back in tomorrow and be with the director. You're literally this character. That's it. Don't change a thing. That his work. So excited. Come in the next day. Did not change a thing. Did it. The director was offended by my choice. He was offended. And me and the casting director kind of looked at each other because... He then thought, I made a bold choice. I'm not going to lie. And he was offended. And then I got so stuck in, wait, the casting director told me, don't change anything. And so now, like, I had a really hard time adapting. And I took it personally. I was like, oh, my God, I offended him. Instead of just being like, oh, you know what? It's the director. He. He actually wrote it too, so like, oh, it's so embarrassing thinking about. But um, yeah, I, I just had to chalk that one up to like a lesson being learned. It was so bizarre, but like I got so built up about my choice, and then, you know, then you learn you're more than just your choices, and you can do other things. So that was that was a funny one. Well, also it's like, you know. People are all only come. People can only come from their lens, from their life perspective, from their what they've been through. They can't come from anywhere else. So it's like one person might love it, especially in art. One person might love it, and one person might be offended by it. And that's you just have to sit in the in the space that like, well, I'm okay because I made the decision that I wanted to make. Exactly. And see, I wasn't okay because on that example, because that's not what I want to be. I want to be adaptable. I, I, I feel best when I'm, when you walk in with one thing and you leave with a different thing, that's the most fun you can have. So I was really upset with myself when I realized what had happened. I got so stuck and precious about something, but it was, I had a lack of confidence at the time. I, it really was part of it. I, I was so I had to do it this way because that was the way, the only way I could do it at that time. Right. Because uh, I was not in a good place. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. How, do you, how did you get into improv? Uh, uh, for, uh, yeah, I did a little bit of it in New York um, when I was doing theater stuff. And I, ha- I had, I actually hit, like, what I thought at the time was rock bottom. Um Inter- like just personally, my mental health. I thought it was rock bottom. It turns out it rock bottom wouldn't come till a couple years after that. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's okay. But I, I don't know why. I was just like I, I'm at rock bottom. I have nothing left to lose. Kind of like how you were, 
yeah, what you were speaking of. And that, so I was like, I guess I'm going to do this thing that's very scary and I've never done it before. And, you know, training in theater, you don't, like I said, dialogue so, is so precious and you have to get it right. And this thing is the exact opposite of that. Um, but, you know, nothing can get worse from, from this. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how uh, I got started with it. And then, you know, when you fall in love with something, you just keep doing it. And even if you suck at first, and uh, I still suck a lot of the time, but uh, I love it. Yeah. You know, I just, it's just something that I love and it's challenging and you learn something every time. And um, it's always different. It's always different. And it's, a real cool creative outlet to have when, you, you know, being in the industry that we're in, it's very uh, unstable and you don't know what's going to happen next. And so being able to go back to the theater and perform, you know, whenever is just really nice way to be creative when there's not other things around. So good. That's what I was thinking after the, from your TV to UCB, like, Man, just so much respect for live performers, first of all. I mean, I and improvisers. I'm obsessed with you guys. Like, I am a, I'm a geek about it. Like, I, I hail. It's just, I'm so fascinated with people who can do it and do it well. Um, and it's, it's really cool. But it's, it's benefited me in my personal life and in my work life. And, like, I, I freaking love it. I'm like UCB. <laughs> it's fun. It's really fun. Uh, you guys are amazing. Uh, were you a confident kid? I would say yes. I, I, I had, I think dancing was really good for me. I, it had structure. It got me away from, you know, maybe things that weren't nice around me. It was a safe space and, uh, I felt good about the work that I put into that, and I put in a lot of work into dance, a lot of hours, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and so I, I really think a lot of my confidence came from that. Even the whole Miss Teen USA thing, the stage presence came from having my safe place at dance class and, like, I don't know, just from performing, really, and so, but the problem with that is then if you're not performing, where's your confidence? Like my confidence was again, so wrapped up in these things that don't stay with you your entire life. So of course I was confident then. Um, the real challenge came about a couple of years ago for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say like I, I had, you know, my mom was really tough, but you know, she was supportive and um, yeah, I would say I was very lucky. So I, I was confident because, I was, I had, I had people around me who cared and maybe sometimes care a little too much, but, uh, <laughs> I, I was lucky. And then, what, what about you? I want to know about oh, baby Rebecca. Oh, little Rebecca was a true loner. Uh, a true, a true was totally, I was totally fine being alone. Like I just didn't really care. Yeah. Um, my, my mom tells a story about how her, I have an older sister, how her and my sister would play with Barbies or whatever and be like, hey, Rebecca, do you want to come play with Barbies with us? And I'd be like, mm, no, thanks. I'm just going to stay in my room and play with these rocks that I found. Like just playing with <laughs> fucking rocks that I found outside. Um, 
So I would say that pretty sounds. Wait, did you also have a rock collection? Of course. Oh my gosh, we're soulmates. Wait, did you have a rock collection? I had a rock and mineral collection. Me too. And a book that helped you determine which was which. Me too. Did you have a rock? Stop. Did you also have a rock tumbler? No. You could tumble your rocks and make them all shiny and shit. What? Yeah, man. Uh, now I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. I'm going to get you this long lost okay. rock tumbler that you didn't get to have as a kid. I don't want to wait for my birthday. It's January. Can you get it for the 4th of July? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a 4th of July present exchange. Okay. <laughs> but Well, that's cool, but you felt good in that space. Yeah, I did. Or were you avoiding? No, that is where I feel most comfortable. But yeah, confidence definitely wasn't something that was instilled in me. And I... I'm really grateful to therapy and meditation and all those things. Anything introspective to sort of like just give me a, a, a different perspective on things. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to ask you if you had any like mantras or habits because it sounds like you had your sort of uh, the time, the moment that you lacked confidence, it sounds like was the time when you were not doing anything for that full year. So, yep. so what helped you come out of that? Like, was it just therapy? Do you have like any mantras that you do or like habits, like where you wake up in the morning and you have to be, you have to work out or anything like that that's helped you? So, you know, that dumb, basic saying, but first, coffee yeah so that actually became something for me as much as I don't want to admit it I had some pretty bad mornings where you wake up and and I literally would a friend of my last one I said this once but it's really dark I'd be like wait what did I I would say um well what do I do today mm -hmm. like no one needs me anywhere. I have nothing. I don't have a dog. I don't have a kid. Like, I literally didn't have purpose or didn't feel like I, I did. And so I worked on, I basically was given permission by, I hate that all my answers about therapy, but unfortunately, like, that is just how I got through this time. And I'm so grateful for it. But it was, she was, I was like, you know, the only thing I look forward to is my cup of coffee. My therapist was like, what if that was all you looked forward to when you woke up? What if you literally just said, wow, I can't wait to have my coffee. And you got to your coffee, then you drank your coffee, and then somehow, first of all, you're already out of bed, so you're not spending all that time in bed wondering what do I do with my life. You get up, you have your coffee, and you don't overthink it. And then by the time you get to your coffee, something else comes up, and then you wind up doing that um so yeah that whole but first coffee thing man but please do not buy me a mug that says that i will no i'm going there. to i'm buying you a rock tumbler and yeah, also a God. mug that says but first coffee i secretly just want a lot of gifts um, um yeah that's what but this back is and exercise 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 doesn't have to be intense but i know that if i do that i have a way better chance of having a better day being a better girlfriend, daughter, sister, neighbor, like, if I do that, uh, it's almost a guarantee for me. But it doesn't help everybody. Mm -hmm. What exercise, yes. oh, I just burped. What exercise uh, <laughs> do, you, do you do? Well, now with the quarantine, 
it's a little tricky for me. I haven't really gotten into that space, but I just got on class pass, so I was just doing different classes, mm-hmm. bar, uh, intense, like, military-style stuff, and cardio, and dance, stripper, whatever, like, Fun. you name it, I was trying to do it to keep it interesting, but I'm really struggling with the quarantine. Um, yeah. What do you do? Are you working out right now? Uh, so I rented, so I do Pilates normally, um, and I, it resonates, you talking about exercise resonates with me because I, I found... I wasn't exercising at all. And it was at the same time that I started um, uh, an antidepressant, like, consistently. I had I had been on antidepressants, you know, a lot of my adult life, but I never stayed on them. And right. at the same time that I found that, I found Pilates. And I usually do it, I go to the studio, like, th- at least three times a week. But now that we're in quarantine, you know, it's a struggle. I do, like... My teacher has like um, online, like live Zoom Pilates classes. Cool. I do that, and then I rented a cycling bike from like a studio in Echo Park, and oh. and it's like right in front of the TV, and I do like a Peloton workout on the cycling bike. Yeah, this is a great visual. So I know, but sometimes I cheat and I watch Love Island, uh, the UK version of Love Island, as I do my cycling. Um, Highly recommend it. I watched all of the Love Islands before quarantine. You watched all of them? Most of them. Oh my gosh. Did you watch? I'm watching season. So I watched season three. I finished it. And now I'm on season two. I I watched them out of order. So I can't even tell you okay. what seasons are. But I even saw an Australian one. My point is like I watched so much television pre-quarantine. You have nothing left. Nothing. And that's why I was saving Love Island because I watched season three pre-quarantine and I was like, holy shit, I love this show. If I, I can't watch it now because I won't get anything done. But now that we're in quarantine, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to get on my fucking bike and watch goddamn Love Island UK, but only the UK, not the US version. Like, I don't, I don't remember knowing what I was like looking for in a partner at that age. Like, I feel like they're really in tune with themselves. Is that weird for me to say? No. I learn things from them. I do, too. I mean, the Miss Great Britain, that's the season I'm doing now, is the Miss Great Britain um, season. Okay. I haven't done that one. Oh, it's good. Okay. I heard it's the sluttiest season, and so oh, you have to Even better. That. Yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap it up by, I'm going to bullet point what I took from this conversation. And you tell me if this is Love right. it. Okay. So, Shelly's tips on being more confident. Accept where you are now. Be present. Get to a point where you have nothing left to lose and then do something that might normally be scary to you. <laughs> Realize that most of the time it has nothing to do with you. It's coming from somebody else's lens. And last, be authentic to yourself. Yes. You nailed that. But you did it better like that was better than this hour that I've been chatting I love that that is such a great little list I need to print it out for myself would that be weird no I'm gonna I'll follow up with an email um it'll have a link to the rock tumbler that I'm gonna buy you along with the mug uh (laughs) (laughs) that says but first coffee and then a list of Shelly's Shelly's bullet points for being more confident Oh my God. I'm so excited. Uh, What did I do to deserve this? (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks so much for talking. I can't wait to hear what all of your friends. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what all of your friends 
have to have to say i've got some really good bullet i'm not gonna lie like i've got some really good bullet points from all of you guys you guys are really uh cool. teaching, teaching me who's gonna bullet point you uh jesus i don't know i bet you, you know what he's easter's over might have a little more time he is risen he's risen and uh well i'll go look for those bullet points for you in the sky bless your heart uh you're just a you're just a treat. You know that? You're a doll. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence. Whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through, leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again. <laughs>